everybody, and welcome inside Season 2 of the What You Need to Know podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Ewing, play-by-play voice of Utah women's basketball. This is the What You Need to Know podcast that focuses on all things University of Utah women's basketball. We take an in-depth look of what's going on inside the program. This is Episode 9 of Season 2. We'll sit down with Andy Torres. I do apologize for the about-month delay in getting a new episode posted. I've had some issues with my sound software, but I believe I've got it fixed, so hopefully there should not be any delays moving forward. Now, I know it seems like quite a while ago that I posted a new episode. In fact, it's been a little over a month, but Drew Gilton was our guest. Today's guest will be Andy Torres. Andy came to Utah from Quebec, Canada as a kind of an older freshman, and you could tell how important that maturity level was on the floor as she saw a playing time in all 30 games her freshman year and was instrumental into the success that Utah had throughout the 2018-2019 season. This year, as a sophomore, she saw action in all 31 games, started in 22 of them, so became kind of a regular starter, averaged about 24 and a half minutes per game, Shot the basketball very well, averaged about six points and four rebounds as well. Shot 41% from the floor and 34% from the three-point line. She was monumental in Utah's upset win over Arizona State towards the end of February. She was six of seven from the floor, three of four from behind the three-point line. Finished with 15 points in that game back on February the 23rd. You know, no big deal. She also added seven rebounds, two assists, a block, and a steal. So she was doing everything for the University of Utah that game. Uh, Dating back to November the 29th, she was huge for Utah in the win over BYU. Was shooting not very well, but then in uh, in that overtime period, with Utah trailing by two... Andy Torres drilled a massive three-pointer. Let's actually play some audio uh, from that game. Here is Andy Torres with the go-ahead three-pointer to put Utah up with about 90 seconds remaining in overtime of that win over BYU. Andy catches on the right wing. Right angle three. On the way, and it is good. Andy Torres drills the three in stride to give Utah the one-point lead, 72-71. So that is Andy Torres. Let's go ahead. Without further ado, welcome her into the podcast. Andy, how are you today? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you so much. I appreciate you spending some time with me today. Anytime. So let's just go ahead, jump right into this, Andy. I'm aware that you went home when the whole quarantine orders came out, went back home to Canada. Well, how have you been spending your time, what you've been doing during quarantine? I've been spending time a lot with my family, with friends. Uh, even if we're like not close, we just have to keep our distance. But I, I'm seeing friends, playing with my dog a lot, going for walks and re-watching movies with my sister, which is really cool. Tell me about your dog a little bit. What's his or her name and what kind of a dog is it? Uh, she is a cane corso. So she's really, really big. She's six. She just turned six months yesterday and her name is Bella. So I'm sure that's been fun to kind of spend some time with your new puppy, I'd imagine. For sure. All right, so let's go, let's dip back a little bit. Let's go back into the uh, 2019-2020 season. There were some, definitely some good moments, some moments, maybe not a, not wonderful moments, but there definitely were some bright moments on the season. As you reflect back and think about some positives from last year, what kind of sticks out in your mind? Definitely the BYU game. It was my first time playing over there, which was like really weird because everything, all I can see was blue. 
which was really weird. <laughs> and then we went overtime, which was amazing, just the feeling. And I remember the shot I made make, made us like go to overtime, which was really amazing. So just the feeling. And then we actually played as a team. It was like our first time playing really good together, competing. And uh, I really love at the end, like when, when Coach Rob came in, we just like splash her with all of our water bottles, which was really amazing. So, yeah. What do you remember most about that shot? Because I remember that very, very well. You guys were down and you hit a clutch three-pointer to give you guys the lead. I remember, like, I just had, like, I think I, I wasn't shooting well at first. And then after Coach, uh, Coach Rob was t kept telling me, like, keep shooting, it's going to go in, it's going to go in. And then I remember I hit, I think, one before that in the corner. And then it just gave me confidence. So one time I got, I don't remember who passed it to me, but once I got it, I just knew it was going to go in and I just let it fly and just that confident and I knew it was going to go in. So when it got in, I was pumped. <laughs> so that was the first time that you played inside the Marriott Center. The second time that you've played against BYU, I'm always interested to know from somebody that came to the University of Utah that didn't grow up knowing anything about the rivalry, what's that rivalry been like to you in your first couple of years of college? Um, my first year, I wasn't like, I wasn't against them really. Like I didn't know them. Like I didn't know what, what was it, what they were all talking about. But I remember when I went on the court my first year, they were just chippy. It was just like trash talk on the court. It was just bad. And everybody was like, BYU, no, Utah, Utah. And it was just crazy. So when we got there, I played a lot that game uh, this year. So it was like totally different. And every time they made a basket, it just touched me. And like, it was just like, oh, they can't, no, come on, let's go. We gotta beat them. So it was just, but it was, it's a, it's, it's a cool thing. Also this season highlighted by the first Pac-12 tournament win since Coach Roberts took over uh, as a head coach. Uh, what do you remember about that game and about going into that tournament in Vegas this last year? So we played against Washington. I remember we were, I wasn't really nervous. I was more pumped to play them again because it was just like a revenge from last year. We just played all together again and it was just amazing. I remember we were in halftime and we all looked at each other like, hey, we got this. Like, we got this. Let's go. We keep, we just got to keep pushing for 20 more minutes. And we know they were going to try to come back, but we never let them really. So it was just really good and at the end coach Rob was so happy we, we made like a new record as we can say so that was really fun if I remember correctly as well you guys were struggling in that second quarter and then the third quarter probably if I'm not mistaken probably the best quarter of basketball that you guys played I mean that first quarter against Oregon the next game was pretty darn good as well but that third quarter probably one of the best quarters of basketball that you guys played I know I'm kind of reaching back into the memory bank for you a little bit, but you talked about the halftime adjustments that you guys – or really about what you talked about at halftime, about, how, hey, you know what, we got this. What do you remember specifically about kind of the adjustments you guys made from that second quarter that was kind of rough, if you remember, to really what I feel your best quarter of basketball in quarter number three? Um, I remember first quarter was we, we came out really good, and then the second quarter I think we just like – we kind of like took a step back and we just let the the game play as we can say like we didn't play as much like as good as we used to so when we got to the uh, halftime coach Rob was just talking to us like hey let's just let's just play basketball let's just not think about everything like everything we have to make it or um every player or whatever we just have to shut down um I can't say her name Mendoza. Okay. 
Google. Okay, yeah, her. And yeah, so we just like, we just played, we just came back to our game plan and we just played all together and had fun. And I think it was Drew who just told us like, hey, let's just have fun. We're in Vegas right now. Like, let's just have fun and like play as our potential and just have fun. And, and then the third quarter came and then the fourth. So, yep. Another question I like to ask, you just kind of brought it up a little bit. You were in Vegas. That was, if I can recall, the third time that you guys have played in Las Vegas, that you have specifically played in Vegas. The tournament last year, there was a little mid-season tournament there a year ago as well. And then this, obviously, the postseason again. Uh, as you reflect over your last two years now, it's unbelievable to think that you're already halfway down with your collegiate career in basketball. But what has been your favorite trip that you have made so far with the team? Um, my favorite trip would have to be Hawaii, for sure, by far. Uh, I remember we got there, we went to the beach, like our hotel was on the beach. So we just got, we went outside, we tanned a little bit, we went to the ocean, it was amazing. And after we, we had to go practice, I think the, the next day, which was really humid, and I didn't like it. But after we came back to the beach again, which was really amazing. <laughs> Not just that, but you guys also got the two wins, but you know, you talked about it. I'm sure you remember this, when we got to the hotel that day, we waited and waited and waited and waited for our rooms because they weren't ready for us. So we were just waiting in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. It was really hot too. We just like all of our clothes from Utah and I was just like, can we just go change for a second and come back to the beach? But yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Definitely a good memory. No doubt about that. So now, as I just mentioned, you're already midway through your collegiate career. As you kind of think back on some favorite memories that you had during your sophomore year or even your freshman year at that. How about your first couple of years in college, not just on the floor, but really maybe off the floor, some good memories that you remember from your first couple of years of college. The things I would really cherish would definitely be like um, my teammates from the past year and this year and the staff member too. Like we've just are a really close group and I know like I'm not afraid to say that, but like I'm never going to like lose contact with them if I can say like they're we're just like really really close I can talk to any coaches any staff member for anything and my teammates like I know I, I still have contact with Huffy uh with Sarah like Denisha Kiana like everything is just like everything is just the the team and the people are just amazing so that is the first thing I would cherish and the second thing I think I would say that this the the fans that's great. I will ask you about a fan moment in just a moment, but you had just kind of talked about kind of the relationships that you've built with people. I know I asked Naya about you on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'd like to kind of ask you the same question, but this time about Naya. You guys seem to have a really close bond off the floor. Uh, you guys are always laughing together whenever I see you, whether it's at the airport, whether it's at the hotel. Talk about that relationship for a moment, the relationship that you've built with Naya. So me and Naya met in Team Canada, I think it was three or four years ago. I've, I've seen her a lot. She's younger than me. So like I was always like in the other group and she was young, the younger group. And I always saw her, but I never like really talked to her. And when we found out that we were going to the same school, I reached out to her and we asked each other, are we going to play to the, we had a game in the summer before I came with, uh, to Utah about uh, Team Canada against Team USA. So we play together. So when I met her, we were actually like going to live together. And it was so excited. We were like, hi, like so happy and everything. And then I remember I came to Utah. She came a day later. And when she got to Utah, I 
I felt like she was my best friend, like already. Like I, it was just weird. And our connection was quickly, our personality are pretty much the same. So it was like really easy to connect. Yeah, I'm really close with her family too. So that's like help everything. She's close with my family too. So like, it was just, it's just really an easy friendship. And she's definitely my best friend. I love that. That's, that's, that's so great to see. Cause like I said, I see you guys with each other all the time and you're never not laughing ever. Yeah. <laughs> now to kind of move on, you had talked about how you met, how that's really where you met Naya was you know, playing with the national team and things like that. Uh, you spent two years at the University of Utah. You spent some years with the national team and then several years before you got into collegiate basketball. What are some memories or highlights that you can remember from your overall career thus far? I would say in high school, uh, my last year, my senior year, we were the first, it was the first time that our, the basketball, like the women basketball won a championship. So that was like everything, the whole school, when we came back, the whole school was like, you won, it was everything. Everybody was just like cheering for us, which was really amazing. That was definitely one of my favorite memory. Um, I would have to say with my national team, when we won, the bronze medal in Italy, which that was against Japan. That was really amazing. Oh yeah, in high school, I used to play for two teams. So my school team and my uh, region team. So, uh, and then that, we won my school team, the provincial, and then we, and then I won the provincial with my um, city, if we can say my region team. So both year won everything. So that was, that was by far the, the funnest years ever. So what it sounds like is your favorite memories are winning. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's great. So I would like to know your second off season now with uh, the University of Utah. Your first off season, it was a normal off season unlike we're having this year, mm -hmm. but what do you feel that you improved most from your freshman year? To your sophomore year? I think it would definitely be my confidence in like my shot and everything I was doing. I know I worked a lot like in the post with Gavin. I worked a lot with uh, coach Danny with my shot and coach Joe too. I understand the game pretty well but I feel like I took a step over that and then I just like watch all my games from last year and I just like learned from my mistakes and everything. Yeah I think that was definitely one of the things that I got this year. You're the type of player that I know so many teams are looking for, a kind of a stretch four that can play, I guess, I guess Coach Roberts would call it a stretch five, but um, a player that can play in the paint as well as be able to knock down the outside shot. Have you always been that type of player, or has it been something that you've recently developed into? I've never been that player before. I was short. I was really short when I was younger. I think it was on my senior year in high school, I got like, I started to grow like really really much. So I, I was like five, nine, maybe in the beginning. And then I just whoop, six, one. So I used to be like the little point guard kind of, and then just like dribbling up the court and then passing and then whatever. And then I used to attack the basket all the time. Like I was, that was like my move, just attack the basket. And I went to CJP. It's like the pre-university before I went to Utah. That's when my coach like, okay, we're going to I'm going to show you how to shoot and stuff like that. So I worked a whole year just on my shot and now, yep. I did not know that. That is awesome. <laughs> so that's where your guard skill of attacking the basket comes from then. Yep. <laughs> wow. 
I wouldn't have thought that because since I've seen you, you have one of the best shots on the team. And when you get that shot in the corner, it's almost, I mean, it's going in every single time, I swear. All right. So I asked you about what you improved most between your freshman and your sophomore year. Now in this really weird off season, what do you feel you need to work on the most between your sophomore and junior year? It would have to be my fitness. I have to be like my cardio kind of conditioning wise. I have to be better at that for sure. So I can play more minutes or like be more intense for a longer period of time. My jump shot, I would say just like attack, stop, jump shot and my one-on-one defense for sure. Like getting quick, quicker feet so I can play better in defense one-on-one. All right, so you talked about how one of the best things that you've enjoyed about your time at Utah are the fans. And I'd love to ask you, uh, over the many games that you've played so far, is there any moment with a fan or a fan moment that sticks out in your mind as a favorite? I would have to say, I think it was last year, there was this little Latino family that was like right behind the basket. And they kept screaming my name, Taurus, Taurus, Taurus. And I thought it was like kind of cute and then at the end of the game they came down and he had a he had like a paper written on like Taurus give me your jersey which it was so cute I thought it was so adorable and then he gave it to me the paper and he was like next year blah blah I want your jersey but it was it was really funny I, I I found that really funny and it was really cute so that would definitely be my favorite moment with a fan now, I took a whole new appreciation to when I asked Naya specifically this question, and I'd love to get your take on it as well. Um, you know, one of the really cool things that Utah does, and again, I don't really know if this is something that's specific to Utah. I know I've seen Oregon State, for example, do this. But after games are over, win or lose, the fans can come down for 10 minutes and they get to meet you. How is that for you? I mean, you are an outgoing person as it is, and so I'm sure that people love to meet you. But how do you enjoy meeting others? I feel like it's, I love it. Even if we win or we lose, whatever the situation at the end of the game, I just love the fact that like all these people are there for us no matter what. They're proud of us. They look up to us and they're just like hugging us. Hey, good game. They're just like always there for you. And especially the ones that are always there, they're constantly there. Like during the game, they always tell you like a little, they always say like something cute like to you, like, hey, good job, good, hey, good job over there. Good, c- continue, Andy, like, you got this, let's go, we got this, let's go. So I just feel like that is just, like, amazing. And the fact that I can go see them after the game and thank them and, and meet them, it's really cool. Okay, so now we've talked about kind of the on-the-floor things, off-the-floor when you meet the fans as well. Let's go off the floor completely, and I would love to get to know your family a little bit. Tell me your parents, who they are, their, their names, siblings you have, kind of what, they like to, uh, what you guys like to do for fun, everything. Tell me about your family as if I were meeting for the first time and I asked you about your family. All right, so my father's name is Pablo. He is a Latino. He's from Chile. Um, he works in constructions. I don't know what exactly he does, but he works in that area. My mother is Bridget. She's from Quebec, so she's Canadian. She is a detective. She does, yeah, sexual assaults and everything of that area. So she works hard for that. I have an older brother. He's a year older than me, and he works with my dad. His name is Manuel. And I have a little sister. She's 13 years old, and her name is Gabriella, and she's in high school. So now, Andy, now that, I, now that I know your family a little bit, uh, tell me about your hometown a little bit. I'd love to know uh, specifically 
some things that you liked to, uh, that you liked to do growing up, some things that you will always remember, some places that you'll always remember going. Uh, and if I were to visit your hometown, some of the key places that I would need to hit up. Um, the first thing I would show you would be definitely the Montreal downtown, which is like, it's like really like a lot of, it's kind of, it's nothing like Salt Lake city. It's completely different. Like we have restaurants everywhere outside. Um, we have stores everywhere. Just like, Oh, there's a lot of, it looks like a lot like New York without the big TVs everywhere. And, um, yeah, I would definitely show you the Montreal downtown for sure. I also used to do hikes on hikes with my friends. It's not like a big hike, but it's kind of like a small hike. And then after you have like the whole view of the of Montreal, which is really amazing. And I would probably show you the casino, Montreal casino. That's for sure. So it sounds like Montreal is a pretty fun place to grow up. Is it a place that you could see yourself staying for a while? Yeah, for sure. If I have, I really don't know where I'm going to live in the future, but Montreal is definitely one of the options for sure. It's really a wonderful hometown. I'm very like really close to my family. Like I'm a very family friend type of person. So I would definitely try maybe come back to Montreal and be with my family and friends so I can be closer to them. What are some things that you like to do for fun with your friends and just by yourself? So with my friends, I'm, depending on the day, if it's really hot outside, I'd love to be outside and tan, try to tan actually with my friends and go swimming, go watch movies in the theater or like the drive through theater. I don't know, like watching the movie in your car. I don't know how, what, how to call that, but yeah. Um, I also go in the park, picnics. Um, what I, do, I like to do by myself is puzzles. I love to do a lot of puzzles. Oh, I also love to scare my friends, like just hide and then <laughs> jump out of nowhere and then scare them, which is really funny because I always get them their reaction on my phone. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to know the answer to this question before I ask it, but I just have to ask it. Who is the easiest one to scare on the team? I have Naya for sure, Lola, and Ola. So all three of them, I honestly was I, – I thought it was going to be just a simple – Lola. No, Naya, I'm really, okay, so I'm really intense with that because I just like to scare people. And Naya, she she tries actually to scare me, but she just can't because I always know where she is. And one time I remember I, it was her birthday and I hit, like she went to the bathroom and then I hit under her bed. So I was under her bed and then she went in her bed and I was just like filming her because it was hilarious. And when it turned uh, midnight, I just jumped out of nowhere. Happy birthday! And she screamed so loud. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that sounds so fun. That's awesome. How in the world does Naya still want to be your roommate after all that? Oh, she loves it. She loves me too much. <laughs> she can't, I mean, without me, it would be like kind of boring, you know? <laughs> I love that. That's so great. That's wonderful. You seem to make everybody smile. Why is that? I feel like it's my childish uh, personality a little bit because I, I can be like really mature in situations, but I prefer to just like goof around, um, just messing around with people, telling jokes and stuff like that. So I feel like when they smile, I smile more and I feel like my smile just makes them smile more. I don't know. So obviously we've gotten to know kind of your fun side. 
I'd love to know, is there anything that you can think of that a lot of people do not know about you? I mean, a lot of people don't know that, like, I'm a really smiley person and outgoing person, but sometimes I can have, like, a little character, like, my, I have, like, a strong uh, personality, so I have, like, I can be really mean sometimes. Some situation I could be mean. Yes, I know, it's really hard to believe, but yeah. And I'm really a person who hides her emotions. Like, when I'm sad, I don't want people to know that I'm sad. So I'll just, like, smile and pretend like nothing is happening. But deep down, like, I am sad or something like that. And um, I think this year, um, in November, it was my grandma's second, her, yeah, it was, it's been two years that she passed away because of cancer. And I was, like, really 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 close to her and I remember during practice I was just like a normal day everybody was just happy I was happy with them too and I remember one time I just break down start crying really bad and I remember I think it was coach Danny she was like what is happening she did not know what was going 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 on because I never cried in front of people that is one thing I do I never cry in front of people I don't like that so that actually now leads into do you have a hero somebody that you admire yeah it's gonna it's my grandma she was sorry I'm gonna go deep a little bit but she was an amazing person she um made she meant everything to me and when she got cancer I think yeah when she got cancer she was the doctor said to her that she was only gonna make it until I think June so it was like a month later and my grandma told everybody of the family that she was gonna make it until November until the last of her grandchildren's birthday and she did which it was really amazing she she made it until November and she passed away on my brother's birthday but she made it till that day so just the fact that she pushed through pain through everything it was just she's definitely my hero and I have her tattoo right there the most that is the most significant my first and the best tattoo I've ever made had actually now, this might be maybe even going a little bit deeper, but what qualities do you think that you uh, learned from her or gained from her? Her perseverance, definitely that. Um, also, just push through everything no matter what. Like, even if it hurts, just keep pushing, 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 because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better at one point. Yeah, she just saw the world in a, pos- a positive way. And now, like, that's why I'm trying to do, that's why, how I try to live my life to see all the positive in every negative situations. So definitely that. That's great. That's, I tell you, that's, you're blessed to be able to have that for sure, to be able to have somebody, you know, like that in your life. So thank you for sharing that. I, I'm sure that was a little bit of a tricky question to answer, but I really appreciate you, you know, kind of opening up and sharing that. No problem. <laughs> uh, now I'd love to know, uh, do you have a favorite athlete? Who is the athlete? Why do you like the athlete? And how has this person's example helped you to be who you are today? Um, favorite athlete? I think it's going to be like everybody's. Um, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant for sure. Um, even if uh, the little documentary about Jordan, a lot of people saw him in a different way. Like a lot of like negative, like trash talking. Everybody didn't really know that about him. But I feel like it's still like a really good model or just like a perfect athlete because he's he was the best and he wanted the team to be better. And I feel like 
seeing that and actually like him uh, saying that he was like that type of player, I feel like it just like opened up more like even if you yell at one of your teammates, you can just talk to them after and be like, hey, I just wanted you to come like play as your potential and stuff like that. So I feel like he was definitely he's definitely like my favorite player. I'd love to know what led to your decision uh, to attend the University of Utah. I've always wanted to be in a really good conference, um, like in the U.S. So the Pac-12 is one of the best conference. So that was a really positive thing for me. Also, I when I visit, I just Mo was there, which she was my teammate's first for four years before that so I was just like really excited to see her everything and I think like she really helped me make that decision she didn't influence me like to actually follow her but she really helped me saying that the coaches were really amazing I also I was really close with Gavin he was the one who was reaching out to me and everything so I really loved Gavin right away um yeah, the environment too. I never saw so many mountains before. So when I got there, I saw everything and I was like, okay, this is definitely where I wanted to be. This is, this is where I want to play for the next four years. And you can see like, even if the, the town was just really close and the, the fact that people, the fans always call you and stuff like that, just, yeah, that was definitely one of my best decisions. So this is where I'll I'll, uh, I'll end, Andy. I've, I've kept you for a while now, and I again appreciate you taking some time with me. Uh, it's been fun to you know get to know you even better than than I knew you before. And I love to end on this question. I think it's really important. And I will ask you, what is some advice that you would give to young women who want to follow in your footsteps and play collegiate basketball? I would say um, nothing comes easy. To be honest, nothing comes easy. We have to work really hard to to be where we're at. Uh, also, every sacrifice, because I know I have did a lot of sacrifice to get what I am right now. And every sacrifice that I did, somehow it kind of benefits me, you know. So I feel like even if it's hard, we have you don't spend as much time with your friends or you don't go out with them or do something with them. Well, that's going to benefit you in the college or university experience for sure. Andy, thank you so very much for everything, for spending some time with me, for for coming on and for being just a fun person to talk to. No problem. <laughs> that is Andy Torres, boy, I tell you, she's just so much fun to talk to and I really appreciate her taking some time out of her day. That whole call lasted about an hour to an hour and a half. Actually, there's a lot that I had to take out of it just because we had such a great conversation, but I do appreciate Andy coming on and helping me with this and uh, and hopefully allowing you guys to be able to get to know Andy Torres even better. Now time to update you on what's going on at the University of Utah. Now obviously we all know what's going on with the quarantine and with the University of Utah. Uh, weirdly with all colleges across the country, how they uh, everybody has been doing at home schooling. Uh, just recently, as I talked about in a previous episode, the University of Utah has allowed players to return to their facilities to start training again. And it does appear as though everything seems to be going well with that. 
really no news is good news, and there hasn't really been any news that has come out in regards to how that's going, which I would take that as, like I said, good news because there's no news. But obviously, we'll stay up to date with how that's going. Uh, right now, it does appear that the players are going into the facilities and are still able to train and get ready for the 2020-2021 uh, season. So uh, not really much to update uh, update you in that uh, in that regard, but stay tuned and we'll make sure that when news comes out uh, that it will be shared here on the podcast. Another big news, uh, another big note that came out of the University of Utah had to do with a former Ute great two-year player for the University of Utah, Megan Huff. She signed a uh, a contract with the Minnesota Lynx, the WNBA. So it does appear that she will be able to play here in the WNBA, depending on what they do with the new WNBA bubble that has been announced. Uh, if you're up, if you're curious on how that is looking right now, frankly, they're still trying to work out the kinks. The plan right now is to start on July 24th uh, with a 22-game schedule. But again, a lot of kinks still to work out on uh, on how that will work. Still some concerns and. Uh, just, just, just a lot that goes into planning this. Um, so, like I said, right now they're still planning on in about uh, three weeks or so to get kicking off uh, their WNBA season. But we'll see how that goes and see how, uh, basically, just continue to see how uh, plans are being made to make that happen. I, like I said, a lot still to work out in that regard. Now, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that I did not actually say this in the last episode that I posted back on July the or back on June the first, but back on May 29th, a big event within the University of Utah women's basketball team as a member of the staff was married. Congratulations to assistant coach Danny Snellgrow as she was married to Nick Grant. So now you'll be able to call Coach Snellgrow Coach Grant. So congratulations to her on her wedding back on May the 29th. Uh, looked like an extravagant, just a wonderful wedding. And, and I get that it's coming about a month, month and a half late. But still, congratulations to Coach Danny Grant on her, on her wedding. And finally, I do want to end with this, as it is definitely extremely important, and I don't want to give too much detail. I don't want to go too 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 much in depth on this, but I will say um, that I have been very very pleased and impressed uh, by the players and the coaches and uh, former players at the University of Utah uh, for everything that they are doing on the Black Lives Matter movement. It's been incredible to see the staff, to see the players, to see former players, um, just how in support they truly are of the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, for those who might be struggling trying to understand really what the Black Lives Matter movement truly is, really at the end of the day, all I can say to you is just try your, try your hardest to put yourself in that position, to put yourself in the position of, of a black person who might be, you know, struggling with inclusion. And I mean, really the best example I can give is on this, ep uh, is on this podcast towards the beginning when I met with Lola Pandande. Lola had talked about when she first came to Utah, how when she was in a grocery store, she had all the looks. People were staring at her. People were looking at her. And she kind of stood out in the crowd and she felt that. And that's one of those things that, you know, as I heard her say that, I'm just thinking, my goodness, like, I don't really understand how that would be to stick out in a crowd just because of, you know, how I look, how the color of my skin is. And so really all I can say is don't, don't, don't judge. 
too harshly until you can put yourself in the position uh, that these that these people have been going through. Uh, as I said, I've been very impressed uh, with many of the players, especially the white players who have who have shown their support. But more specifically to the black players, Lola Pendande, um, you for sure have, deserve uh, a lot of credit for all that you're doing in 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 trying to make this movement bigger as I see your social media just continue to show the support and to show the backing and to show really what it means to you. Naya Becker, you as well. It's been very, very uh, incredible to see to see you on social media and to see all the support that you've received from your friends and from your family and from your teammates and everybody. It's just been terrific. Uh, as I just mentioned, assistant coach Daniel Grant, <laughs> Daniel Grant now, um, appreciate her and appreciate her sharing her, uh, sharing her stories and sh- uh, sharing really her opinions and thoughts. And then former players, Sarah Porter, Tanea Beauclair, and Erica Bean, um, just a couple players that stick out in the back of my mind of, of, of those that have shared their experiences and continue to be active on social media. I mean, right now, really the best thing to do is, is, is just share it. Get it out there. Get the word out there. They've been doing that, and it's been so incredible to see. Now, I do want to make sure to give a big shout-out to Kendall Rodriguez. She's the Director of Admin and Operations at the University of Utah for the women's basketball team. The reason why I want to give her a big shout-out for this is it's just truly incredible, and I hope that I can help spread the word even more for Kendall. Um, and that is that she has created a clothing and apparel line specifically to bring awareness to the Black Lives Matter movement. It's called Awoke Apparel, and I love kind of the little tagline that they actually have or that she has uh, to, to really kind of bring awareness to it. To where it says, Awoke Apparel started upon the foundation of Angela Davis's quote, In a society that is racist, it is not enough to be a non-racist. We must be anti-racist. And so she's created an apparel line that basically uh, has statements of social justice. And 100% of the donations of the proceeds go towards the charity. So it's, it's truly incredible. And one of those things that uh, as I watched this happen and as I watched her do this, uh, just become I've become really, really impressed uh, with what Kendall's doing. Um, so again, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, it is called Awoke Apparel. You can find it on Instagram, awoke.apparel. Uh, and you can also go to awokeapparel.com and you can see really what uh, she's trying to do and and really truly helping to push the movement. So like I said, I would be rem- uh, remiss not to give Kendall Rodriguez a big shout out as well. And I mean, frankly, there's so many of the other players as well that have been behind this. I'm not going to be able to name off everybody, but you know who you are. And I'm really, again, just really proud to be a part of of this team, to be a proud of something so special. I hope that we can continue to push the movement along and bring awareness where awareness is due. This is the What You Need to Know podcast. I am Tyson Ewing. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Be sure to catch us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean.com, as well as the Podbean app and online at utahutes.com. Again, big thank you to Andy Rodriguez for coming on the show. We will find out next week who's going to come on. It will either be an introduction to Zuza Poots or it will be a start of the seniors 
as we will sit down with Alexandra Makurat. So we'll figure out exactly who that's going to be. Still trying to work out those kinks right now, so stay tuned for next week's episode as well. Have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next week as this is the What You Need to Know podcast. And as always, go Utes.